Welcome to Archetypes and the Planets, where Andre Carr and I, Bea Gonzalez, invite you to think metaphorically as we explore how we have collectively translated the map of the sky into our mythologies, religious systems, and personal psychology. Okay, Andre, so let's dive right into the archetypal story stories that we will be seeing in 2024. In general, 2024 and 2025 actually see some huge shifts because it's quite rare for the three outer planets to be moving into new signs since their orbits are pretty <laughs> they're pretty wide. So in the case of Uranus, we're talking 84 years for the whole thing to go around. Uh, I guess uh, Neptune is 165 or so, and I think uh, what's it with for Pluto? It's 248. So the the idea they spend a long time in each of the signs, and so. 24, 2024, 2025, big, big story change, I think. If we're talking about storytelling, which is what the archetypal approach is. So um, the one, of course, that we've already seen a little bit, and that's going to start the year, let's start with that one, is Pluto had moved into Aquarius uh, for the first time since the late 18th century. That's a radical thing. It moved in March of last year for a little short while, just entered, you know, and then went right back into Capricorn. In about a month, I think it's January 20th, we're seeing that that uh, movement again into Aquarius. So, you know, we just did a um, sort of a, a thing on Pluto and Aquarius, referencing specifically a couple of things. One of the things was, of course, uh, technology, AI. Uh, the other thing we talked about was um, I, I brought up some charts that I thought were interesting, like the idea of effective altruism, which seems very Aquarius. Like, what do you see, though? We, t- tell me what kind of storytelling you could see that putting these things together, these two concepts of Pluto, the very big and the very small sort of one, and Aquarius as, a, as an archetypal, you know, story. What do you see? What, what, what kind of story would you tell? I think it ties it to the, the uh, potential next level technology, because if you recall when it dipped into Aquarius, the AI issue you know, came into the foreground in a pretty big way, and that's likely to resume. And then the it's this thing, I think, between Aquarius and Capricorn where the fascistic, you know, right-wing mentality really gets challenged by Aquarius. And I, and I think in part what we're seeing there is the uh, rising of unions that's also been taking mm-hmm. place in the last while. So that would point to to that uh, impulse, I think, most likely resuming, gaining more ground, which is the idea that you're moving away from the top-down type of you know world world economy world view. Um, so those are two uh, really really big, I, I think, um, you know, elements. But the, the the fact that it still has to go into Capricorn a little more, three I think it's three yeah. months or so, maybe four months. Yeah. So then that's also suggestive of the. 24 still being a major struggle year, which if you look at the US election and all the you know rising controversy, you can kind of predict that it's sort of the final standoff on this particular right, right, topic right. before it goes into Aquarius uh, permanently. And, and the other thing too is that for those who think, well, okay, that's it, Pluto and Aquarius, now we get utopia, mm-hmm. always think of both sides so that for instance aquarius also links to corporations because corporations are groups so the idea of corporations now assuming the fascist role that's part of it too you know you have to right. assume that maybe there will be a lot of conflict because of that 
because they, you know, anytime you have a any kind of organization, it seeks to perpetuate itself and it'll do everything in its power to, oh, sure. to hold on. And Pluto and Aquarius does have that feeling as well. It's interesting because when you say that, I think of Aquarius being obviously associated with technology and the bigger com- the biggest companies we have at the moment are technology type companies, whether it's Meta or uh, OpenAI is becoming big, but that's not quite as big yet, but it's it's there on the horizon. Apple, um, all of Google, they're all companies that are creating in window, you know, Microsoft, they're all companies that are involved in high tech. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they are involved in a whole bunch of things that people feel uncomfortable with. Uh, but really, it's a concentration of power in one type of um, mm-hmm. endeavor, right? And right. so it has its positive and it has a shadow side. There's there's no question. I mean, I think on the positive side, we wouldn't be speaking if we didn't have all these companies that created technology. So I think when people get very Luddite about this and say, oh, smash all the technologies, they're not seeing that the potential for education, potential for dissemination right. of information, however... <laughs> The shadow side is the potential for starting a revolution is there. And Aquarian, um, Aquarius being associated so strongly during its last pass in the late 18th century with revolution, you can't help but think that, you know, th- there is the the possibility. The other thing that strikes me is that we had a very significant ja- Jupiter-Saturn conjunction um, at zero degrees Aquarius, if you remember, and we're talking on the day of the solstice two years ago, right? On the day of the solstice. Or no, actually, it's now three in 2020. That's when those two planets met for their 200-year cycle, beginning the cycle of air, which we talked a lot about. I mean, this is major. Over 200, next 200 years, we're going to see that conjunction happening in air. And it happened at that zero-degree Pluto, uh, sorry, Aquarius point, where Pluto is going in. Do you remember when that happened, that it was the the day they gave the first mRNA vaccine? Uh, it coincided quite nicely with with uh, new technology because one of the things about Aquarius is can, it can also be about medicine, right? One thing I'm tracking is, you know, there's a lot of talk about this uh, new type of vaccine that is coming into the uh, uh, into the um, sort of, uh, how would you say, into the air? <laughs> uh, they're talking a lot about the vaccine that is actually inhaled and goes right to the lungs, which is much more effective. <laughs> And that mm-hmm. this, by the way, is not only about COVID now. We're talking about that it could be applied to a whole host of infectious diseases, uh, flus, et cetera, and that uh, it's much more efficient. And here's something really important, that it could be made, and this is an Aquarius story, it could be made available cheaper so a lot of people in developing countries can actually get a shot at getting proper immunizations. So you see that linking those things could also happen. I mean, you don't know. I, I don't like prediction because I don't think anybody can ever predict anything. But just seeing things that are in the air, so to speak, I think that would be one. And I think because that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius was so important that watching that zero point where Pluto is going to be basically in that point, like, you know, going back and forth over the year, um, that that might be one thing we could look at as well, you know, that's just part of the story. Yeah. What do you the think? Thing, the thing is that you have to realize, too, that if you get too uh, ultra-precise, yeah, impossible. Then- well, no, because see that Jupiter Saturn, they also can join at the very end of Capricorn, and then they could join in Aquarius. And mm-hmm. I remember looking at that at the time and realizing that that's still a mixed uh, type of thing where you still get the Capricorn energy and you get the Aquarius energy, the Aquarius more purely, but they were definitely in the 29th degree together. So then right. that also describes this, at least for now, the current world conditions where you have this battle between the top-down fascist approach where government is controlled by a single you know, group or a single person versus the more democratic model that I think leans more toward Aquarius. 
So that's partly, uh, that's one of the things. The other thing would be that it's not purely air. There's still there's still earth there to work through as a result of that. I mean, it, it didn't happen you know, as far away from Capricorn as possible. Uh, so I think we have to keep that in mind as well. And it, to me, that makes 24 a particularly you know, interesting and challenging year, given that both those things are getting, you know, in a way that Pluto at the end of the year goes back to where it was when it joined Jupiter, like a day or two before they joined yeah. in Aquarius, they were conjoined uh, in, in yeah. late Capricorn as well. I think the cycles though, when you look at them, it's the beginning of a cycle that starts happening in conjunction. Yeah. So, but you're right. No, that 29 degree point, some, some, some people, some, some people actually give it a lot of import, right? That last degree. And mm -hmm. that Pluto is not moving very far from that degree because it's moving a little bit ahead and then right back for a, yeah, another right little back. tour of the 29th degree. And it, yeah, no, I think that there is some, there's something unfinished here. You know, it's interesting. I think it was John, I was just reading this guy, John Michael Greer, who talked about how interesting it is that each of the planetary discoveries so uranus gets discovered in 1781 and it's on the north node uranus is on the north node of the u.s when it gets discovered right neptune is on the north node of russia when it gets discovered right and pluto is on the node of uh fascist basically the, the hitler's uh, group uh the uh, nazis when it gets discovered and think about the three then the archetypes as belonging to these countries so i would say and i think everybody would agree that the United States is extreme Uranian. I mean, if you think of Uranus as uh, rights, uh, democracies, uh, mm -hmm. the individual rights um, being more important, perhaps and in, in some way perceived as more important as the collective rights, then you get it. If you think of Neptune, what Russia became. I mean, you, Russia. You can you can talk about uh, just the 19th century. Russia was very much about uh, the Orthodox Church, which is very Neptunian. It's about you know connection and heart and all of that. But then it became. Neptunian, but when it was discovered, Neptune was was discovered. Marx and Engels just published the Communist Manifesto right around that time. So Neptune right. has a lot to do with collective rights, and in some ways as well, the idea of but collective rights built more on sharing and equality. Whereas I think we can argue that Uranus is very much about my rights uh, above all, and individuality and creativity and freedom. And of course, Pluto, we all know what Pluto is like. And uh, the fact that it coincided with that period of uh, Nazi Germany says a lot. So now you have Pluto, which is by nature can become very fascistic, right? The idea that concentration of power, just like the atom, concentrated in the hands of a couple of people and they control the world. It all leads to all this crazy conspiracy theories that are out there. They're absolutely crazy. But what it does talk about is where is power concentrated? And it's still, let's go back a little bit just to wrap it up because, so you know, Pluto is in Aquarius more of the year than it is in Capricorn. So mm -hmm. we, if you had to do a recap of what happened from 2008, right, to 2024, when Pluto was doing its its transit through, what, 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 you know, what's some of the themes that you would talk about historically that happened? Because it's been a pretty <laughs> intense uh, couple well, of uh, 18 years. You know, if you if you look at it through the lens of the U.S. being, you know, still the big power and on, on the planet, two thousand eight brings in Barack Obama, which was a you know pretty monumental event for all kinds of reasons. But then you started to see tremendous resistance to that, and it culminates in twenty sixteen, right in the middle of the sign. And I've often thought planets are likely to be most entrenched in the sign when they're in the middle. I mean, I, I, right, you right, can appreciate the end for a different reason and make theories about that or the beginning for a different reason. The middle would suggest that's when things get entrenched. That was Brexit, uh, Donald Trump, Bolsonaro. There was this, yeah. uh, and also the fear. I mean, people were just, holy, yeah, what yeah. is happening? How can yeah, this yeah, even yeah. happen and so forth? So then uh, now since then, 
we've seen other things, you know, pretty major things throughout the world, the U.S. especially, but it's now is near the end. And it hasn't just been here. You saw this in Europe. You oh, saw, yeah, no, no, Hungary. Uh, yeah, and, and, and Italy, yeah. Yeah, and, and this, this almost um, uh, worldwide infection where multiple democracies started to struggle. Like Israel suddenly was so divided that they couldn't get anything done. You see it, you've seen it in Poland and the Netherlands now, uh, the U, uh, UK, uh, Spain too. I mean, Spain, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Spain and they, they're arguing about whether Catalonia, this or that. I mean, like, like just yeah. way more intense than usual. This to me is, the, is that battle, you know, where mm -hmm. Pluto is very antithetical to, right. to democracy. But we also know that, as I've said many times in my channel, that Pluto and Cancer did exactly the same thing. Yeah. That polarity of Cancer Capricorn is likely to put democracies under some kind of, you know, stress. Uh, yeah. right? But then the following sign changes the energy. Yeah. On that, I'm relatively optimistic without ever thinking it's utopia because it's not. Yeah, you know, I know. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, you know, you open, the problem with, with life is that for every honest person, there's a crook somewhere. It's almost like yeah. it's part of the deal, you know. Polarity, I, yeah, shadow. You notice Everything. in today's, you know, when you think of people's malfeasance, today I saw this thing where, uh, there's an article in New York Times saying that people are stealing checks from mailboxes and they're actually selling them online, like in bulk. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, just... So you can cash other people's checks. I mean, or these Crazy. places where they set up scam call centers, you know, so they pretend they're the, they're the geek squad. You call them and they take money from you for absolutely nothing. Yeah. People do yeah. that, like organized crime, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so this is the problem that whenever you think, oh, Pluto and Aquarius, perfect, no. right? Group. No. Then you realize, no, it doesn't work like that. But now you said earlier revolution. That's interesting because if you look at the revolution, though, of the, correct me if I'm wrong, in the 1790s, yeah. it was generally to empower more people. And this is yes, the thing about it. started that way, yeah. Because if you think of Uranus, when if you go back to the origin of Uranus, when it starts is when, in a way, you could say Uranus is the perfect democratic planet. And what, and what it's saying is, the group is in charge, but the individual has maximum power. That's right. ideal democracy. Once you start doing the, you know, Russia's Neptune thing, that is the feeling of disinformation and, you know, you're going to manipulate people with with uh, illusory, you know, the, the, the downside of Neptune. And we don't have to talk about the downside of Uranus is the recklessness of, you know, people yeah. that abuse. Well, the guillotine is a great example of you just start cutting things off, uh, which I think the guillotine is probably one of the best metaphors since yeah. it was introduced to that period. And, you, you know, there is a cutting element to Uranus, right? It can be very, the myth mm -hmm. actually starts that way. That's, you know, Uranus is castrated mm -hmm. by his son. And so you can get people with radical, radical ideas that don't right. really reason things out. One thing I would say about the Pluto and Capricorn too is over that period, what you did see was a relentless attack of, on institutions like governments, yes. uh, you know, and the, the really trying to take down by these really bad actors uh, on institutions that we need, right? I mean, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Capricorn may not be, it always has a bad rep for being kind of boring or whatever, but it does build structures that actually do help the collective and so mm -hmm. you're not going to have your roads repaired you're not going to have collective health mm -hmm. that's why we have a you know one pair system as you guys call it in the states and canada because everybody collectively agrees to mm -hmm. pay taxes into the system and then we, we we go to the whatever we use our medical system it's not without its issues but the point is that there is a collective agreement to do this and i the one thing that really jumps out at me by looking retrospectively over this whole period is how and you only got it revealed, I think, post-2016, to your point about how things only get 
really come out of the shadows at the height of the middle of this this transit, right? You started seeing these these bad actors like Bannon and whatever uh, trying to discredit, and you're seeing it here in Canada as well. So it's not limited to the states, by the way. It's you mm. know worldwide. I agree. People trying to discredit government, so you don't trust the government, and they're mm. only they're out to get you. It's almost like this paranoid, which is a very Pluto big word, right? People mm-hmm. with Pluto wired into their charts tend to have a bit of an issue sometimes. So it's one of the manifestations, yeah. one of the many. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other distressing thing that's happens, the relentless attack on institutions we actually need to function. Um, it's almost like you're saying uh, when you, you, you know, you're attacking the skeleton in your body and you're saying, yeah, we don't need the skeleton. We're just going to let all the, let everything just kind of jelly around and see if, if it can, if it can, yeah. if you can survive. It's crazy. And they bought in a lot of people. They brought in a lot of people through crazy conspiracy theories, which brings us to the other planet. The while it's not leaving is at that 29 degrees the entire year, practically, like it heads to 29 and then kind of parks there. And that's Neptune. And mm-hmm. Neptune will be moving finally out of Pisces into Aries in 2025. But let's talk a little bit about how Neptune and Pisces has been part of this story of these last years and this crazy misinformation, disinformation poisoning the well. Talk about a little bit about uh, Neptune and Pisces. Yeah, it's a, again, the polarity or the two-sided thing to everything where Pisces is, you could say, is the repository of all the uh, greatest impulses, like the impulse to illuminate yourself, you know, the idea of a monastery and you embodying that in some way. You don't have to actually go to the monastery, but it has that quality. On the other end, prisons, because it's the final sign. So all the criminality of the world is in Pisces. So some of the greatest spiritual teachers and some of the worst criminals, you know, especially in the late Pisces degrees, I've seen this. It's really spooky. The 29th degree, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you've become a monster or you've become an illuminated uh, human being. So then you get Neptune on the upside, uh, you, you could say directly linked to things like this, like YouTube, where more and more information is being is out there than ever before. I have often said to people, I remember in decades back going to the occult shop to look for a book and there was only one copy, things like yeah. that. Now it's everywhere, it's available, it's it's the era of great information. But the disinformation, I mean, this whole thing with fake news, people making things up, all of that is, is you could tie it to Neptune and Pisces. I remember Neptune and Pisces, I remember that in the politics in the US was around when the the GOP became more and more outrageous. I remember that in that period, just before the 2012 election, I remember seeing Ted Cruz uh, literally bring a uh, stop, uh, do one of those government shutdowns and going on TV and saying, no, the, the Democrats did it. And I remember yeah. looking stunned and going, what do you mean the Democrats did it? You just did it. Like total shameless lying, right? And then this accelerated to where Trump now is the purveyor of of. Uh, constant lies, and throughout the world, people that are of that uh, type of, you know, that type of ilk will copy that and use it to their advantage as well to disinform and so forth. And then, by the way, this is an interesting segue around how you said Saturn Uranus, or Uranus rather, the U.S., uh, André Barbeau, he thought Saturn Uranus was the U.S. connection, where Saturn Neptune is the Russian connection. And this is where Dan Waits really showed, you know, those points where yeah, it's yeah, really it obvious, right, yeah. that the Soviet Union, but if you think about it, the Soviet Union, the Neptune would be the, in a way, the communist, the idea of, uh, in, in theory at least, that you're in a sharing everything type of uh, uh, scenario, but also the disinformation, that's the yeah. problem. If the system is not ready for that, the idea of lying to people, 
saying whatever you need to say in order to keep order, but it isn't really true. No. That's Neptune as well. So I'm thinking Neptune getting out of Pisces, the only major drawback is that it's then entering Aries where it was during the American Civil War. <laughs> you think, well, <laughs> that might not be good, but... Uh, well, we have a year. Time, <laughs> we have a year until that happens, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's very well, close. Yeah, right. But the point is that I would say, to your point earlier on when you said, yeah. Multiple planets switching Pluto out of yes. Capricorn, Neptune out of Pisces, and Uranus is not too far away from getting Gemini. into Gemini as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That still has a ways to go. Yeah. It's interesting with Neptune and Pisces, the disinformation that was the shadow side, clearly. I mean, there was a lot of bad right. things, but you notice there was an explosion in interest in things like astrology. More people yes. got involved in the language, and you know, mm -hmm. you still have people that don't understand quite what it is, and you're always going to have that, but there was more openness to it. Psychedelics, psychedelics came back into yes. the conversation, and True. there was a and there's a huge move towards legalization and therapy, which I think can be um Yes. can be a kind of a Pisces healing word too. You know, the idea yes. that we can we can we can deal with things like PTSD and depression, et cetera, uh, through these new or old modalities by allowing them to come back into the conversation through therapeutic means. And again, we talk about the polarities. So uh, Pisces Virgo are the polarity here, right? And Virgo has a lot of healing in it. And so I think you always bring the opposite when you have a transit of a planet. So I think it brought in a lot of that Virgo type of energy. Um mm -hmm. Virgo wants precision, Neptune wants dissolution, so it's a problem. That is why I think you have the phenomenon of fake news or all this crazy stuff that's been uh, saturating. Mm -hmm. And I think it brings up a question, which is why they say Pisces is in detriment in, in or sorry, Mercury is in detriment in Pisces. And that's just to say that it doesn't function the way that it's naturally functioning, let's say in Virgo, which where it's comfortable. I don't think the best, our best uh, science, uh, sort of science fiction or fantasy writers, all and poets have a lot of Pisces because they understand the metaphorical language. But my argument is, and this is why I do metaphorical kind of stuff and try to teach people, people don't understand this language. They take it to be literal when it's met metaphorical, uh, metaphorically, sorry. And this creates all sorts of really crazy ideas because it's, and I think at the heart of it, I thought a lot about this. The Virgo wants certainty. Neptune and Pisces has no certainty. You have to live with the notion of maybe holding and being mature and holding two or three thoughts in your head at the same time. But if you're a fearful person, you are really going to fall for all these um, you know, crazy ideas because mm -hmm. the idea, and people can say, well, astrology is crazy. Not if you understand it as a metaphorical language. But anyway, that's another story. But it's the idea that if you're looking for certainty and somebody offers a very simple solution, you know what? All of this is the fault of one guy and only one yeah. guy can fix it. Right. Then you can right. see that kind of immature um in really unsophisticated way of saying, yeah, that's it. It's this person, it's this company, or it's this is this one per Biden, or it's like, you know, they'll pick somebody. And that is the the fall guy, no matter what it is. And at the heart of it, I think, is fear. It's fear of overwhelmment. You don't know how to make sense of it. So these people are very easily, I think, brought into this way of thinking. I don't know what you think about that, but yeah, well, I yeah, I agree. I agree. Then it, it is uh, you you need everything needs fertile ground, you know, to, in order to grow. So so the idea of Okay, well, why do people follow uh, a Plutonian figure? Because that's the way they understand the world. They feel yeah. in themselves that this is the way to go. And back in the uh, 1930s and into the early 1940s, there was a huge problem in the in the U.S. Often people don't realize this, that yeah. there were Nazis walking around the streets. I mean, it took yes. quite a while before the situation was worse yeah. in some ways yeah, than yeah, now. Yeah. They were openly holding you know, rallies. People didn't know that they, they had to see the true consequence of that before it you know became taboo but this is something that is 
in a way, always there in all societies, Germany, uh, you know, the U.S., everywhere. In fact, even I bet in the places like, well, think about a place like Holland or Yeah, they just selected one. They just selected a... (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So the point being that these things tend to go in cycles, and it's not surprising to to see that you you have the person, but they're, they're tapping into a strain of thought that gains ascendancy for a period. The point being, though, as I see it, you know, even though you could say, well, predicting is really tricky, yes, but it, it doesn't feel to me from the planetary movements that this is headed toward more of that. I think it's headed toward less of that. And the interesting, we haven't covered this one, which is, I think, uh, maybe a topic for a different discussion, but remember that this period has also featured Eris, which was discovered in 2005, squaring Pluto. And my feeling is that when we look back in history on this period, the irony is that what Trump will have accomplished is empowering women yeah. because of the the Eris is in a better place in the Zodiac than Pluto. Plus, well, it likes, you know, Aries. I mean, it's a perfect place in a way. Pluto and Capricorn is strong, but to me, it's weaker. And that's, in fact, what's happened. I mean, if you look at the world situation, uh, it seems to be tilting that way. It also reflects the tremendous battle here in the States around women's rights at the moment, which I think... To me, it's in the last, it's in the dying, you know, what they're trying to do, this thing of we're going to block women. This is a total loser, you know. They may not realize it yet, but. I I think it's also worth saying that when Pluto was in Aquarius light, you had the uh, Aquarius last time, I should say, in the late 19th century or 18th century, you had the first manifestation for women. Mary Wollstonecraft wrote uh, the first book that was all about the rights of women. Uh, Mm -hmm. She was famously the mother of Mary Shelley, who wrote uh, Frankenstein. So you had the beginning of it. It just wasn't a movement. Another thing that was really, uh, you know, a lot of things came to light in that period that are now sort of getting becoming more mature. So, yeah, I know I agree that I don't think in Aquarius, the the rights are going to go away. In fact, the whole issue of rights are going to be really front and center, I think. Because if you look back at that period, if you're going to go by weather being repeating and cycles repeating, and they never really repeat exactly, but some of the themes I think are pretty, yeah. pretty, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So rights of man, a lot of the books that came out of that period had to do with rights that did not exist before. Even the very idea that people were recognized as humans, even if they believe, because part of that, you know, you you these, these countries that went off and so-called conquered these other nations with indigenous people, didn't even see them as human beings. But it was Rousseau and a whole bunch of other philosophers who came on and said, no, there is a humanity belongs to all. So I, I, yeah, I tend to agree with you. If you think you're going to tamp down on a certain group, well, good luck. Because the other thing about Aquarius is that it is about groups, right? It's the group yes. energy. So yeah. you, you might do it, but they're going to fight back. They're not going to sit there and say, oh, okay, I will take whatever you have to say. And so I know I think that's absolutely true. And I think in conjunction with Neptune and Pisces, um, the fact that that's still there. I mean, the, we, we talk about the shadow side being this disinformation um problem but the the positive side is compassion becomes much more of a you know there's a lot of spiritual communities that talk about this isn't the way to go so we can we can do both right mm-hmm. um often we see the negative more than we ever see the positive we only see the, the the big stories always focus on stuff that is happening that is poisoning good neptune word can be anyway or pluto word uh poisoning the well but 
you know, things can change in that regard. Um, anyway, those are two of them. Uranus continues in 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 uh, Taurus, but it's now in the later degrees of Taurus. So it's going up to the 24th degree, the 27th degree throughout the year. But we're still looking at uh, a planet that is very much anchored in hard reality, right? Um, disruptive, when you say unions, I think unions can also be tied to collectively to to Venus, to Taurus, sorry, because they are they are kind of representing the values of people that are that are striking, right? So you could say, okay, well, that this is one of the reasons, many reasons that you see a lot of people saying, no, I want to be compensated properly if I'm a writer or I'm an actor. And you can't just take AI and rip off our voices and our books and say that's okay. So I think that's going to continue. The, mm -hmm. the, big, the other big change is the one that I would look at is Jupiter moving into Gemini after being in Taurus. And now that to me is interesting because we talked about the cycle, uh, Jupiter or Saturn conjuncting. And if you look at a 20-year cycle as a lunation cycle, like you would look at the moon sun, the first time that square, that opening square happens this year between Jupiter and Saturn, as soon as Jupiter goes into Gemini, right? It will square Saturn in Pisces. And so it's almost like you get the opening square. So you're going to see whatever was reflected in that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, that beginning, is going to have its first sort of comeuppance or clash. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how, how that manifests. I don't know, Jupiter and Gemini, just in general, I mean, that Gemini, again, is a technology kind of place. It's uh, communications, it's media. So how do you see that, especially as it will be happening around the U.S. election, which of course is one of the big events of 2024? You know, would you put going into Gemini scoring yeah. that Saturn? <laughs> It's already it's already happening, but see, this is the thing that that the those points when when you get a square uh, or like the conjunction, obviously the conjunction is a start. The square is another boost. Something yeah. happens around it. So yeah, this year is critical around what's going on in the U.S. and you know for all kinds of reasons. And I mean, you could argue that maybe in part it would be the fact that. You're arguing about when you look at the U.S. battle now is they, they get into what does the Constitution say? No, it doesn't say that. It really says it this other way. And why didn't they put the word president? But, but a president is an officer. So that must be the case. They're arguing about the wording. And, you know, we Words, live by yeah. this wording. I mean, isn't it strange that I mean, the extreme would be if we were the Constitution was back when. Everyone just looked at the back of a goat. And we're all supposed to follow that, you know, and say, this is what the founders wanted. Well, maybe the founders didn't know everything. You know, now we're no, in a no. new world. But a lot of it is because people want to manipulate yeah, information to their own ends and so forth. But I say the point being, though, that 24 on that, if you want to use Jupiter, Saturn would have, have a quality of breaking through the stalemate in some way and being in a new, some kind of new more helpful reality in 25 right. as a result. Well, it's interesting because Saturn and Jupiter, just archetypally, what you get is you get the principle Saturn of constriction of barriers, like a wall gets put up to Jupiter in Gemini, which are your beliefs. So it will challenge your belief system. So Jupiter and Gemini, the chatty planet, right? The mm. uh, Here I have two ideas going on. By Saturn coming in, it might discipline that into or reveal what may not be truthful. I hope it does. I hope that could be one of the positive manifestations, but it will certainly be a challenge to, to. but you know, a lot of people when they get, I think prediction, like I said, is a lost cause because so many things can happen, but you do see these, these things already at work. You saw it in 2020 that a lot of the vaccine disinformation that happened shortly after the vaccine was released, that seems to me to possibly be highlighted again as when Jupiter, when when sorry, when Saturn meets Jupiter. That level of disinformation could come to a head. You could get it. Like I noticed, for example, just little things you see. Um, 
a couple of years ago, Colorado, they warned people that if, that the rates of vaccination for measles were, was going down enough that you wouldn't have herd immunity and that this could be dangerous. You're starting to see people getting measles now who were not inoculated as children because they were protected by herd immunity. But if you stop if you stop inoculating even 5%, it has to be pretty high for, for herd immunity to be to be possible. And that's a really infectious kind of thing. And it, it's not without dire consequences, right? So I'm wondering if part of what could happen is you start seeing Saturn, the real consequences of having been manipulated by these disinformation agents. Now, it cannot, maybe it's not that issue. That's just one issue I grabbed because I noticed it today. But I wonder if there'll be some consequences, maybe legal consequences, maybe... You know, because I've always wondered why people who are disinformation agents that lead to some pretty catastrophic results, why they're not held accountable through the courts, let's say, or maybe that does become an issue. I, I don't know. We're just putting out darts and none of them are going to fall. I'm just saying that um, no, because I mean, tw tw 2020 did have feature that just at that time, I'm wondering if that's not an issue that's going to show up in some weird way uh, this year. Yeah, it's very possible. I remember that the one a perfect corrective in the in a really strong capitalist system is that when you lie, when you're disinformed, you can get sued. Yeah. And yeah. if that's established, you're going to pay a lot of money. And a lot of these people are finding out that it's expensive, that it's a major setback and that people take it really seriously. You know, yeah. so yeah. that could be, that could be one of the leveling uh, patterns around the, you know, around what could, could take place. And don't forget that Pluto, I think it's one of his stellar, stellar, uh, contributions to humanity. When it's discovered, you see these planets, they seem to be pointing to things that are just emerging into consciousness then. And Pluto, I know one thing is nuclear power, whatever it can never be done that is positive with that, has tremendous dangers, but vaccines were coming online, just like yeah. therapy was coming online. Vaccines, people can argue all they like about vaccines. They've extended life massively. Massively, you know, yeah, about, yeah, massively. In terms of the billions, yes, there are always exceptions. I mean, if you do your due diligence and you realize that vaccines don't work for you, great. But don't then say, oh, everybody should be like this. That's not a workable no. paradigm, right? And, I don't uh, even think you can even say that, Andre, because the whole reason vaccines have been so successful is that we have created herd immunity. Um, and people forget that, that you know, like for example, polio, that's a very scary one. If it comes back into the population, that actually can, can you know, it, it can do major damage to children mm -hmm. and adults, by the yeah. way, if you're unvaccinated. Right. And, I, you know, the, the great thing about studying history of medicine, as I did, is that if you look at demographic patterns, the one thing, the big three things changed everything. One was cleaning the the uh, supply, the water supply. That happened in the mid-18th century. We realized if you don't clean it, you get cholera. Second, antibiotics were a major help with infectious disease. But the third, and probably the biggest, life expectancy change. Because people don't understand when you see life expectancy, the reason you have a life expectancy of, let's say, 45, 50 when in the Middle Ages or even less was because all the babies were dying and it was throwing off the mean, right? So right. If, you, if you have a majority of your, a big portion of the population dying and, under the age of two, that's going to skew all your statistics, right? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I, I wonder, the other thing that I'm thinking about when you talked about uh, Saturn and Jupiter, I think of what you said, Jupiter, Jupiter and Gemini is, is, is the media. And who got slapped with a billion dollars almost in penalties? That was Fox News. I mean, I, one of the arguments mm -hmm. I have with people who tell me, well, I try to be fair. I, I, I will listen to this station. I listen to, and I say, no, that's not fair because here's the difference. None of the other stations, except I'm sure some of them are still going to be a, a slap with, with that kind of thing, including Newsmax, but none of the other ones have been slapped with a billion dollars. And that's where the yeah. court systems have protected democracies and will right. protect democracies. Right. right. But so. yeah, think about it. A Saturn and Pisces 
squaring Jupiter and Gemini, yes. the perfect metaphor for your lies costing you, you know, exactly. lies around information. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and Fox News, their, their chart for the origin, the very first program, it shows that they still have uh, Saturn opposing Venus. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if fairly soon we see another ma major problem because that's coming up oh, good. around the turn of the new year. Uh, yeah. they, you know, concurrent with the last one that they had. Right. To deal I mean, with. I honestly don't think we can really challenge anything that's going on until we stop that flow of information. I think people think one of the things in Jungian theory you always talk about is the masculine, the feminine, and people make it about gender. It's not. The highest expression of the masculine is the word discernment. So can you discern between two two areas of information? <laughs> we could be speaking metaphorically. We're not speaking literally, but we're not speaking precisely because that's not this language. But when you're talking about news, you are giving something that is should be precise, should be rooted in fact, uh, not metaphor. That's not what we're talking there. And so that there should be a cost to that. I mean, I, there was a cost. And I think my hope that Saturn pushing on the Jupiter says, yeah, you're in it's in Gemini. It is media. I hope it's not only Fox News. There's a lot of disinformation being put out. People like Joe Rogan out there, you know, whether it's health or, or just extremist views in one way or another. I'm hoping that, you know, what I've seen, at least in your country, is that the courts have played a major role in keeping the mm -hmm. place, holding it together with, a, you know, with, with, a, <laughs> with thread. And I don't know what else they're holding it together with in glue. Mm -hmm. But they have been really instrumental in saying, no, these are things you cannot cross, right? And yeah. so that's what I'm hoping, that that's one of the manifestations that Saturn's saying no, because Saturn's good at saying no, saying to Jupiter and Gemini, sorry, your belief system, you may believe whatever you want, you just can't go out and publicly declare it as fact. And uh, I'm not sure that that can happen fully until Neptune leaves Pisces, and I'm not sure it can ever happen, because once you're in this soup, is it possible to even leave it? I, I don't know. Um, some days mm -hmm. are more, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think Things go in cycles, though. I mean, when you, when you look at when you look at history and you look at what was happening in you know if before I wasn't born then, so I'm going you know on what I read. But there's lots and lots of information and in, on video and books you can you can access, and it's telling you that prior to the the way the Second World War went, the problem was even worse than now. And then a lot of those people really lost status. Like Lindbergh was this big yeah, hot shot, yeah. and then he became a pariah. So be careful what you ally yourself with because things may change and then society will disapprove massively of your position. And to my mind, a lot of this garbage that these people engage in, it's just generally not a good idea because especially when you start noticing that the bigger part of the group opposes you, that's never a good idea. I mean, the whole idea of being in a democracy uh, is that, you know, the numbers should be on your side. You know, if you're, right. if you're parroting the minority, I, I would warn you and tell you be careful because things might get really tough, you know, even though there are people that say, no, 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 really, it's the minority going to take over. It's a big haul. That's not an easy thing to do. No, Not no, a, no, you okay. know, I agree. no, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. So we're getting now to like bass stacks and talking more about, um, more about, uh, you know, possibles because we're really rooting it in politics, but on the larger thing, on the larger story, which is where I guess my interest is more, although of course everybody's interested in the day to day affairs. Um, these movements seem to me that changes in consciousness are also afoot, that there is something in the nature of how we look at things that are, that are for example, you know, we've been so locked up in language and gender. Do you know that in the, the original gay rights movement might have started in the late 18th, 18th century as well, believe it or not, in England, there were groups. And they, you know what they called themselves when they were gay? Uranians. 
And I thought that's really interesting <laughs> because no, no, because think about it. Uh, Pluto going into Aquarius may mean that we stop arguing over stupid things like rights. Like just, you know, why should any group be excluded from rights? Everybody should have the same rights. That's just human. You know, that's just like logic. It doesn't even, you don't have to get into the compassion or whatever, because it's just logic. If we're all human, we all have the same rights, whether it doesn't matter who you love, doesn't matter what you do. And I'm wondering if that's also something that's going to come into sharp relief or sharp focus and and people finally getting to this this notion through maybe legal means again which says just stop this just stop penalizing groups minority groups uh women this is done this is not the way we do it i'm hoping again this is the hopeful side just because again in the 19th century in the late 18th century i should say you saw huge movements it wasn't just one there were so many movements that came out that of course in its very early beginnings you're not going to get women getting actual you know it's the first articulation of what that is but now we're now a you know we're 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 248 years later right a totally mm -hmm. different thing so so i'm wondering if that again isn't going to even rights for things we didn't think like animal rights could get much more in profile and say well Maybe we have to think about things like factory farming, which is which is disgusting and horrible, and the way we treat, um, how we deal with food supplies. There's so many things that could come in that I think could be good, but you know I'm not without the thinking that the shadow side is always going to be there too. As you say, there will be probably massive concentration of power in the hands of tech companies or something, corporations that we may not be so comfortable with. So again, this is not. This is not always a an easy route. Saying okay, now we're all going to go out there and everybody will be happy and uh, and uh, enjoying better rights. I think there will be a lot of pushback too, you know, to this. Yeah, no, it's totally true. That uh, that uh, matches Pluto going into Aquarius for sure. Of course, then you know it's what always happens. Things grow in a certain direction, and maybe there will be certain rights that maybe are quite, uh, you know, um, strange or maybe not all that practical and so forth. It, ha it has to sort itself out. Yeah, but absolutely. The whole point is that the, the Aquarian energy resists the idea that there are people who say, no, you shouldn't have certain rights. Why do you want that right? That's not your right. Uh, you should do it the way I say. Yeah, well, no. that's the problem, right? Because, yeah. and they'll say, well, why? Because the Bible or, you know, some, some uh, thing that you, you know, uh, pull in to say that this uh, verifies my view of reality. Uh, I notice this is uh, something in the far right. They seem to think that freedom is is that you should live life the way they say. Well, obviously yeah. that's not yeah. true. That's, that's Pluto word. running amok, right? And so Pluto and Aquarius would tend to, as I understand, would tend to resist. Now the downside to this, by the way, is that people think, okay, Pluto goes into Aquarius. All right, that's it. We're in a new place. Yeah. This takes place over years, and oh, we yeah. may not see. We may not necessarily see much of it until say the end of the decade you know Pluto will still be in Aquarius for a long time 20 years so yeah. it's you get the feeling that something is there but just because you hear okay Pluto went into Aquarius AI shows up don't assume right away that yeah. you know that's it that's what it is on day one you know we're in a in a different place but it's the impulse it's, it's taking it in that direction yeah in that it, direction yeah, yeah and overall overall AI has tremendous potential to be a force for good, but hey, yeah. sort of nuclear power, right? But yeah, yeah, and it will have a force. Happens. Yeah, it will do some negative thing. I mean, the the idea that you're going to introduce any technology, any idea, 
without a shadow side, whether it's crazy. And that's probably, that's again, the, the idea that it's either very Pollyannish, we want everything to be perfect, and we want to ignore that everything does have a dark side, dark meaning shadow side, a side we can't see, and that we'll try to undermine it in a way. And the polarity, you know, one thing I think that uh, the uh, astrology is a mythological language teaches you is you can't, Aquarius has to take Leo with it, just like Capricorn had to take Cancer with it. You, you're always dealing with the opposite ends, right? And so at some point, you're going to get that that fight that 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 the the two trying to become integrated and and I don't think it happens until twenty. It's going to be there for twenty years. That's a long time. And as it does go through through that cycle, like at some point this year, Mars is going to move into Aquarius and conjunct Pluto. That is not an easy moment, <laughs> I would think, right? Because those are two very powerful things coming together, uh, energies, mm -hmm. um, expressions of self. Which whether it's in a natal chart or in the world chart, you'd want to watch for that. You go, okay, how is this going to look? Yeah. Because if you remember, October is when it was squaring in the sky. The Mar the Mars uh, Pluto were square in the sky when we had the outbreak in the war in the Middle East, right? The the yeah. terrorist attack, etc. So these are not easy energies to handle. And they're going to be in the, in you know they're going to be there as well. So a lot of it is understand just seeing power structures. How do we deal with that? How do we um, and and yeah no I, it's it's hard. It's gonna it's gonna be hard. I guess the biggest thing is to be informed as much as you can, and uh, and to you know I, I'm going to take the Jungian tack because we're taking a very archetypal sort of worldview. But really look at your own chart and see where you can where this disempowerment, which is I think a Mars Pluto word, where are you feeling disempowered? Where where is this resonating with you? Oh, yeah. You know, because sure. we all have areas that, you know, frankly, we don't feel very uh empowered. And when those two meet, if they meet and set off something in your personal chart, you're going to feel it. There's no way you're not going to. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for those who who try to, to say, well, Pluto's no longer a planet, therefore it's not an archetypal principle. So, <laughs> like, should, those people should yeah. should I look at my a recent plumbing bill that I was facing. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Pluto. To, to tell me that Pluto isn't real and then explain to me the astrology. It's so incredibly oh, yeah. black and white as archetypal. I mean, you're looking at the at the muck and it's that's Plutonian. <laughs> so don't make yeah. me laugh. I mean, it's totally obvious. Yeah. But you know, uh even so, there are lots of other, you know, energies yeah. in there. And it is yeah, true, yeah. you're totally right. In the end, in the end, I always say that no matter what is going on in the world. Your chart, your energy, your self, that's the key thing because the whole idea is to align yourself with that world as best as possible. So, for instance, yeah. if you if you think of back in the, uh, whether it's the Second World War, any situation, there are smart, wise ways to adapt and ways yeah. that are not so smart. And this is the logic of the individual. For example, I bet there were many people in Germany who realized what Hitler was doing and they left. And no. then there were many who thought, oh no, it'll be okay. Well, no, it wasn't no. gonna be okay. No. So then they they now I'm not suggest I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just suggesting that there's a lot of room to tune in and figure out what is happening. And by that, but again, I don't mean because then you know, as soon as a person hears this, then they'll say, Oh yeah, that's like those people that start building underground bunkers, you know, because the world no. is out then. That might not be, as you put it earlier, good discernment. That might be no. Neptune running amok, where you imagine, it's by the way, another lesson that I learned recently, mm -hmm. which is that that Neptune is great at imagining, but you have to really search yourself for things that you're imagining that are not correct. Yes. Like, that you think <laughs> sure. this yeah. is what it is. So you think you understand something, and then you then life shows you, no, that's actually not right. You were playing around with those images, but it's not the way the situation no. is. No. Then you change and you put in a better imagine, you know, imagination that matches more closely the reality. Otherwise, 
you're in fantasy, and then that would be one of the downsides of the Neptune archetype, for example. Right, right. right. Well, Neptune and Pisces, it's interesting thinking about the difference between imagination and the imaginal. Henri Corbin, who is a uh, philosopher who was very much steeped in the Sufi um, ideas, uh, would talk about how the imagination is something we make up. We sit down and we go, I'd like to have a house. I'd like to have this. I'd like to have a partner. The imaginal is what connects us to a bigger reality, a much larger right. reality, which is as true as our reality, but think about it, right? It's just that you're connecting to something that can't be articulated quite in the way that is understood. So you can't measure it, you can't count it, but it's very real. And anybody who's ever done meditation or any kind of spiritual work right. understands it, right? Mm -hmm. But what you're talking about are these stories that people tell each other. And here's the Pisces word, wounding. I think a lot of those stories are based on wounds that you have, right? That you haven't mm -hmm. resolved. And therefore you find uh, there's a great line that I often repeat the Hollis quotes, James Hollis, which is you find the teeth to match your wounds. And I think we do that with ideas. We do that with other people. You kind of meet up with them and you think, yes, you have a father issue. I have a mother issue. Therefore, you know, let's get together yeah. and be toxic. <laughs> let's get together and make a pizza. Let's make yeah, a toxic pizza together. I know. This is all yeah. very unconscious though, right? But I think it goes back to, do we work on ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's a principle. If you are not looking and working on these issues on yourself and, and finding a way to deal with them, what happens is you will project them out into the world, whether it's an ideology, a group of people, a situation, right. a government, you know, you right. suddenly start thinking everybody is evil and you got to go get them. And then, yeah. you know, if you're yeah, unstable, exactly. you can even take action, right? Exactly. So th that would be the logic of the sun, which is the solar force casts light conscious, conscious energy becomes conscious of what is unconscious in order to liberate it, in order to free it, that this is where you know, I think even in Jungian terms, wasn't it Jung who said, whatever you don't resolve inside yeah. will show up as your fate. So yeah. by extension, if you resolve it inside, in some measure, you do change your fate because then that, that you know, ogre you've got running around in there right. is less likely to show up as an ogre. In fact, think, for example, of say you have, I don't know, Nep a lot of Neptune. So then uh, when it's not resolved, maybe you bring into your life a person that is as delusional as you are and you both yeah. create delusion together. But once you resolve it, maybe what you bring into your life is a very spiritual person yeah. who really understands spirituality and then you both can contribute to each other's lives right. and so forth. Right. So the self-work through conscious attention to the subconscious is in a way the whole secret. But I know that that's a you know fairly long journey, even though it's simple, it's incredibly complicated and you have to be able to stick with it and stick with it. That's, but, the, but that's the work of Saturn. But I also think that may be the reason we're here, to solve these problems yes. individually, right? And mm -hmm. so we can talk about politics. It's all fun and games in the sense of just, oh, conjecture what could happen. But really, if you don't do the work at the individual level, nothing is going to change collectively because collect co collections of people are people, still collections of individuals. Yes. And so yes. it is up to you. And I think one of the things I like to with my group, what we look at is what is setting you off? What complex is being set off and why? Because there, I think, is the answer to what you need to work on next, right? If you're sure. overreacting to anything, then there's probably something that is way out of balance. And this is where we do right. dream work. You realize you get a lot of the messages, your own unconscious is saying, hey, you know what? You are way out of balance here. You're not You're not well. And yeah. one of the things that I think Jung was really good about saying, Neptune dreams, Neptune and Pisces, Pisces is dreams too. And that's why dream work, I think, is so powerful, is that the psyche, like the body, wants balance. You know, so if you were way too spiritual, let's say, and you're all in the sky all the time, you will get dreams of crashing to the ground. That's just the psyche's way of saying, be in the middle way, be in the Tao, don't go, you know, crazy. Because, you <laughs> yeah, know, you meet these people point. who are always grasping yeah. for something up or down. Similarly, yeah. if you're so mired in, you know, in reality that you can't see a larger 
story. You might get the dream that also points you, you know, you're too limited in your worldview. But at all points, the psyche is healthy when it's in balance, just like the body is always striving for balance. And when it gets out of balance, it gets sick. That's just, you know, yeah. that's just basic uh, hygiene. And yeah. so Neptune and Pisces, to me, might be the last time to say, look at your own inner world and what is out of what is out of alignment and work there. And then I know this may sound, this is where maybe I'm sounding too hopeful, but I think if enough individuals do this kind of work, then you can't be manipulated by misinformation agents because you're not yes. reacting. You know what we're, we're, we're manipulated is when we react. We're reactive, so we yeah. go, okay, and then yeah. game over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, totally, I don't totally know. True. Yeah, it's totally true because that's the, uh, it's a segue into the 100th monkey syndrome where scientists know that uh, they were studying monkeys in that case, and they, they were able to see that if one monkey figured it out, then the monkeys on the other island would figure it out at the same time. It's monkey consciousness, uh, uh, you know, discovers something. Right. So the logic here is that the more people are able to discern and in a sense enlighten themselves, the more they're protecting the entire race from collapse because in order for it to be a catastrophic situation, you have to have more than half, you know, a growing uh, level of insanity, of delusion and so forth. Right. I still believe that the majority... Is still sane or trying sure. to be more sane. Yeah. You know, and there are people who even say that uh, things like, well, whenever there are great, great souls meditating together, that helps hold the human race together. I would probably say that that's true as well, but also the more the merrier. You know, this is where um, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi who brought meditation to America, he claimed that the more people are meditating, the more they help hold society yeah. together because there's a certain sanity that is more powerful than the insanity because it's more yeah. balanced and more harmonious. That's totally true. But it always comes back to you because all of this is just talk yeah. until you can say, yeah, I do that. I'm yeah. trying to be that way. I'm uh, doing what I can to gain awareness, to gain discernment, you know, right. to bring myself into harmony. No crazy extremes where, yeah. you know, uh, I'm out of balance. So yes. and and I and I think the the first thing and maybe because it's good to leave people with an idea of 2024. So my idea is Neptune is in Pisces at the last degree. Pluto is moving into Aquarius. What can we do to benefit the whole? We go back to the individual and we say, where am I? Do I keep tripping up? I have I've come up with the, I think I've talked to you about this before here. The unresolved chord that we all have a place where no matter what we do, the the, the same issue keeps coming in a different face and a different guise and a different situation. And the consciousness you bring, the awareness you bring to it, it doesn't necessarily resolve the chord, but it gives you a little space to which not be reactive. And so maybe the one thing we could leave people with is: Can you start paying attention? I think that's the word Saturn word, right? Pay attention. Look inside. Discernment mm -hmm. comes because your attention is so good that you know. Something yeah. sounds off. You know, this is not right. I've checked through all the channels. I know that what the information I'm being given is not correct. This person is a is a person I can and to to open your mind, but not as somebody you know quotes all the time. I think uh, uh, my sons say destiny. This guy that they follow on YouTube always says, "Open your mind, but are not enough to let your brain fall out." Um, you know, be open. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great it's a great quote. Right? I've heard that before. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah. It's a, don't don't <laughs> let the brain fall out. I mean, let's let's yeah. be open, but not ridiculous. Right? This is not a call to believe to 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 think that spiritual enlightenment. For example, I'm of the belief that if you're doing spiritual work, actually, a good psychoanalytical program at the same time is good because mm -hmm. one can take you to 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 two places that are too high and too lofty. So so we need to be grounded as well. Right. Look, we're all a work in progress. The society is a work in progress. But I will leave, I don't know if you want, what you want to leave with, I will leave people with this thought. 
that until you start working on yourself, society isn't going to change. It's just like, yeah, we no, are, t- we totally are the true. drivers. Yeah. yeah, totally true. And what you said about attention, attention is really the essence of the mind. The thoughts are what the mind produces, but attention is the essence. And you could say that the entire spiritual journey is, it hinges on your ability to notice, which is the attention power. When you notice, 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 and as time is passing, you get better at discerning what is true and what isn't true. And that's actually your intuition. That's when your intuition kicks in and says, no, this is so. And then you can back it up with facts, but you could be looking at uh, 50 facts and there are many contradictory facts. Yeah, and there. Why, are you, why are you drawing that conclusion? You have a sense that they all come together in that way, but it's because your noticing power has increased. increased. And that's something you have to develop. But it's not, uh, unless you're extremely unusual, you have to go through a journey oh, practice, to yeah. strengthen that practice, to strengthen that faculty, yeah. You know, um, the Ima Gokris was one of my favorite thinkers of the day. He's a psychiatrist who, who works a lot on brain um, hemispheric lateralization and talks about how we are victims right now of an over overdoing of the left brain. And he, he doesn't, he's not, he's not, look, the brain does whatever the hemisphere is, it does the same thing. Like people used to divide it. Oh, one's creative. One. It's not about that. It's interesting. You'll like it. It's the way they're attending to reality. They right. kind of focus, right? So right. whatever you are attending to will become your reality. There's no question about it. So if your right. whole life is about looking for conspiracies, that will be your whole life. That, there's nothing out of that. Okay, what can we and do? You find it. Uh, you find whatever you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like when you were pregnant. You, know, I, I remember being pregnant. It's true. You see a lot of pregnant women. I'm sure they're there all the time, <laughs> yeah. but suddenly you're seeing all yeah. the pregnant women. And it's it's the it's it is the quality of your attention. And so the idea is that pay attention to what you're atten- paying attention to. That's just yeah. the first thing. And it is a practice. But I, I know for anybody who's ever done this practice, you really start calming down. You start seeing, oh my God, a lot of what I'm paying attention to. Even you know now we're being hit with so much bad news and you know war and and mm-hmm. you know inflation, whatever you want to. And 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 of course. In a system like ours, it pays to really enlarge on those themes and make people really, really paranoid and really scared. So they'll keep yes. coming back to you to check. So maybe why don't you try on your feed? I do this all the time. My, my whole social media um, presence is to put post things that counter this narrative. So I'll post hmm. all of these quotes from people like Joseph Campbell, Carl Jung, you know, people that are talking to the individual and to these kinds of issues or Yomigokos, whoever. And so maybe why don't you try filling your social media accounts with people that are speaking on those levels and not taking you to the dark places of the internet, which will tell you that you're about to die or a group is out to get you. I don't know. That's just, look, we all have to navigate the world in whatever way we can, but it starts with us. That's correct. No, that's totally correct. I mean, it'd be like you could start texting, you know, uh, go away, stop doing this, you know, like to, to, to sort of remind the person you're getting your dopamine, getting your yes. dopamine hit from the the anger, the, you know, the outrage, yeah. or even just the distraction. I noticed that yeah, that distraction. is so seductive because I'll notice that, you know, I have, say, I like sports, I like this, I like that. The next thing you know, I can spend 20 minutes watching YouTube videos. Then I think, well, why did you do that? That was just, you already know that. You're just entertaining yourself. Yeah. Is that really all that useful? No, not really. I mean, the truth is. I mean, uh, there is a place for entertainment. I write novels, so I want people to read. But yeah, right. on the other hand, if that's your whole life, <laughs> then maybe you're not doing this right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but at the end of the day, I think it's watching what sets you off. Like entertainment will put you to sleep for a while. And if you're not doing mm-hmm. it in a compulsive, trying to get away mm-hmm. from your feelings kind of way, then it's okay. Like everything in moderation, right? This is getting right. the middle way. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, it starts with us. Let's leave everybody with that idea that maybe you want to look at what you're paying attention to and might, might be the mantra for 2024. How about that? Good point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Like All right. Well, we'll leave everybody to see what happens. Maybe they can tell us afterwards.
All right. Thanks for listening today. If you want to hear more about all of this, go to YouTube where you will find Andre's channel called Astrology Alert. He posts videos there almost daily. He also teaches classes through his Patreon account. You can find me at sophiacycles.com. If you want to support my work, I've recently released a new novel called Invocation, which you may find of interest. Go to my website to see a book trailer about it. It's available in all fine bookstores, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Finally, if you like this podcast, please rate it and leave a review so that others will find it as well. Thank you.